Welcome to The Embargo, the only podcast that gives you the pure, unvarnished truth about the madcap sector of technology public relations. I'm David Oro, and along with Kevin Wolf, we will be your hosts and chaperones in this world that we've called our professional home since, well, uh, a long time ago. Every Thursday, we touch on the top tech PR headlines of the week, inspect and dissect the world of communications, and promise to never bore you with details about which company announced what. Unless, of course, we really like that one. Our aim is to go behind the headlines to tell you what's really going down and have a little fun in an industry that often takes itself too seriously. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome my co-host, Mr. Kevin Wolf. What's Kevin, up? What's up? What's up? Hey. hey, we are definitely not taking ourselves too seriously, man. I love Megan the Stallion bringing it. Good intro. I, I, I got to tell you, you know, when your teenage daughter is telling you to listen to this and you listen to it and you're like, oh, my God, that's my teenage daughter listening to that crap. <laughs> but, 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 you know, we grew up with two live crew and others. So you have no excuse. So. <laughs> yeah, good to do this, man. Glad to be yeah. back. So. Yeah, t- today's Thursday, February 4th, 2021. And I got to say, it's a. Uh, this is the reason why you live in California, because it's like 65 degrees and it's February. Amen. So, and yeah. nothing's on fire. Nothing yeah, on nothing's fire. on fire. Uh, yeah. You know, not, the ground's not shaking. Right. And, and, and most importantly, we got a good dumping of snow because mm. uh, now we don't have to worry about a drop too much because we're about 70% was the, the report I is heard today right? in terms of water storage. I that, thought I saw that, it was like still like one of the driest years on record. It's but. still dry, but you know, yeah. if the mountains have snow, we should be good for this year and not have any ration ourselves. So right. maybe one one or two more big snow, uh, snowstorms and then we'll be there. We'll take what we can get these days. Right? Anyways, let's get on to some PR stuff. Right. Um, you know, we got some things that we wanted to talk about and I don't know where you want to start, Kevin. There's, there's a, a uh, um, a medium story I saw by a PR practitioner named Aaron Zamost, and then there's Edelman and a report of their revenue. I'm happy to go anywhere. Let's let's start with the medium story, man. I, I think you know I'm always interested in understanding and you know discussing the dynamic between PR professionals and media. So uh, why don't you uh, why don't you explain the story and we'll uh, we'll kick it around. All right. So last week, um, Aaron Zamost. Uh, put a medium story up on January 26th. And that's uh, about why reporters are harder to work with than others. Uh, Calculus problem solver for communications. Hmm. And uh, Aaron was former Google, YouTube and Square. I don't know what he's doing now, but Aaron, if you're listening to this, shout out to you. Cause I went through and read all three of your articles and, and they were, they've been fantastic. And uh, he put some deep thinking um, into our day-to-day jobs, right? Yeah. Which is dealing with, with media. And um, 
you know, his basic premise on this whole thing was that uh, he created what they called a, a difficulty and importance curve. Mm. Um, and, you know, basically most people, the, the less important you are, the more difficult you are. And the more important you are, the more difficult you are. Um, and then right there at the middle um, where there is a trough of difficulty is, <laughs> is where you're sort of medium important. Yeah. And, um, hey, you with, know, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was going to say with all due respect, to, what's his name? Aaron. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I needed to, you know, the calculus lesson to figure this shit out, right? Like, I mean, if, you know, we've been doing this a hundred years, give or take between the two of us, you know, and, and I can tell you, you know, calling the Wall Street Journal is different than calling Sprinkler Age, you know, magazine, which I've called before many a time. And, and so, you know, I, I mean, he's right. He's right. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I'm interested in your take because, I, look, I think it's kind of like I said, it's kind of a no brainer that if if you're a big shot at a big time pub, you know, maybe your patience, your tolerance, your responsiveness, they're all going to be different than if you're than if you're not. But I, in my in my experience, you know, there's still um, you know, there's there's still kind of a humanity to this whole thing. And I, I've dealt with great people at, you know, big time pubs and and I've dealt with lousy people at shitty pubs. You know, so I, I think that's in the day, like some people are going to treat you well and some aren't. And it, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, those guys are outliers, but you know, I, I'm not sure how much it has to do. I, I think he's right, but I don't know if that's, if it's always the case is my point. Well, for me, it was, uh, is putting it in a graphical representation, mm. right? And, and the, you know, the X and Y axis is rarely used in helping us understand the work that we do every day. We work in words, right? And, you know, sometimes we'll add a, a picture here and there. Yeah. But the fact that, you know, he can simply explain it, and it's something that, you know, you could whiteboard uh, to any client or, or, or um, boss, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, explain the difference between a, a low-reach a low publication and a pesky journalist, yeah. The journal, the lower reach publication um, may have a journalist that you have to answer the same questions that the high reach journalist is going to ask, <laughs> you know, but is it that important for you to get back to that low reach journalist? And, and, the, and the way he, he wrote it uh, was he gave an example. Uh, I'm trying to look for it right now, but he gave. Uh, well, as you're looking for it, man, it, it, it all kind of feels a little bit like sandbagging too, right? So you put this in front of a client, you're basically saying, I'm going to have a really hard time getting you coverage in the journal. And, uh, and it's going to be much easier in, uh, in a lower rent publication. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. What's interesting to me too about this article is there's, you know, like a lot of our industry, right, Dave, there's not a lot of data behind this, right? I mean, he, he's, I mean, I, you know, I think his assessment is overall pretty accurate, but there's no data to support it. This is just kind of his, his take based on his experience. Um, I, uh, yeah, but tell me right now, you agree with that experience. And that I, I do. For the most part. I do. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll tell you, I was going to ask you another question because as I was reading through this, I was thinking, and I have some, uh, I think it actually varies by industry. 
So like, so I'll give you an example. So, so tech is notorious, right? We know this from, from uh, our day-to-day lives, but tech is notoriously difficult. Media are hostile, they're jaded, you know, they're overwhelmed, um, you know, they're, they're spread thin. Like it's very difficult to deal with most tech media, I think pretty much in general. But, you know, uh, I'll give you an example because uh, not all industries are like that. Education, I was in touch uh, last week with an editor of a higher ed publication. Sweetest lady. I pitched her a contributed article. She wrote back, I'm so sorry, we can't use this. We all took the time to read it. It was so thoughtful. It just, you know, we, are, we have so many manuscripts to consider. I, I, and I've had that experience in a variety of industries. Um, I'll give you another example, like the landscaping services space. The, the, the salt of the earth people. Right, it just and I and I. Whoa, do, whoa, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You had a client in the landscaping services space, or oh. you were pitching a tech client in the landscaping services. There's a little bit of overlap there. <laughs> I, what, I, what technology were you selling in landscaping, dude? Tell me. Uh, uh, business management software. <laughs> business management software. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Landscapers, but I'll tell you, man, I've done it. it, it I've seen it. Uh, I've seen it in every industry. I had a client. A uh, company I was working with recently, no shit. They were in the uh, in the veterinary management software space. So I'm pitching, you know, uh, you know, cat food today, you know. And I mean, there, I've done it all, man. But it's there is a difference between pitching folks in tech and pitching folks in healthcare, or pitching folks in retail. Retail very difficult in my experience. They don't have a lot of patience. You know, and, and this is a generalization, much like Aaron's article, I suppose. But um, I do think it varies by by industry. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we're in the tech world. Um, and and I, I think, you know, the, the one thing about tech is that you do go across industries because tech gets applied to all industries. Right. right? And that's why business management software is getting sold to fertilizer today. Right. Yeah. You know, Amen. Um, so that's unique. I, I don't know if other industries actually go to different people all the time. Like, you know, a tech company would go across to a vertical like lawn care or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, you know, people fall into this chart, which is right in the middle. And what he argues, uh, what Aaron argues is, you know, those are the trade reporters that always, there's always a give and take there. They, they're not out to fuck you. They're there to get information because they have to cover you. They're your beat reporters, if you will. No matter yeah. where they are, right? They could be in a, in a lower visibility trade or a higher visibility publication like the Wall Street Journal. You know, when I worked for a semiconductor company, um, you know, all of those guys that covered semis, whether it was the Wall Street Journal or whether it was, you know, a, a storage magazine or, 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 a, or a deep chip uh, magazine, they were all, everybody was cool, right? Because there was a total give and take there right they had to cover us we had to get our message out to them and we had to do it again in 90 days around earnings we had to do it again on the other side yes they would kind of dig in for stories but there was there was the um uh they knew there was a balance there right because there's access in the future um and there's stories that we have to tell later on so nobody was trying to screw each other over but there was trying to be some, some sort of fair and balance on that. There, there's a celebrity aspect to it too. Tech has the, you know, 
for better or worse, earned this reputation as being high profile. And I think that contributes to it as well. Uh, again, I, I really think like if you're dealing with a, a niche industry where, like you say, you know, people know each other, they're going to they're going to see each other. It shows it's a small community, relatively speaking. They're more likely to be cordial. Um, and, and, you know, it it's just not that way for the most part in tech. And by the way, you know, I, I you know, uh, I made a comment on last week's pod uh, you know, potentially derogatory about, uh, or definitely derogatory about, uh, about TechCrunch. I'm not, I'm not about to walk that back, but I do want to qualify it by saying it's not like every person at TechCrunch is a dick, just a lot of them, you know? And, <laughs> and, and, and I, 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 I you're not going to walk it back, but are you doubling down? I, well, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess my point is it, it, it depends, right? And there's, right. you know, there's good people out there. And there's shitty people out there. And it, I will say this, I'm going to say this. I have noticed, it's something I was trying to pay attention to over the last year, that through the pandemic, I think people are a little more decent in terms of like, you know, uh, not always responsiveness, but just kind of the tone. You know, I've been trying to pay attention to the tone. Are people shorter? Are they curt? Are they as likely to say something kind of, you know, nasty or pushback, or are they a little more understanding and decent? And, and I would say, again, no data to support this, but generally speaking, I've noticed a, a, a milder tone. Uh, I'll agree with you. I think everybody's trying to be a little bit nicer with each other. Maybe it's because we're not commuting to work or whatever. We're flying to a conference and sitting in a, a yet another sort of press briefing. Right. But to your point about the difficulties and the importance, and I was just, this is what I was going to explain earlier, right? So we talked about that middle ground where you have these beat reporters, right? And they are, you know, the difficulty is in that trough that he paints, that Aaron paints um, in his graph of being low, but it's also important that you're there. On the left-hand side of that spectrum is a, they're not as important, but the difficulty is high. And he writes, you know, uh, these they are trying to get your attention in a world where they are used to being ignored. Mm. Of course, ignoring them is callous um, or personal. It's highly logical. If a story is going to be negative, the necessary, uh, the work necessary to turn around lots of work. Cause every time you get an inquiry, it's going to be some work. will probably far away outweigh the impact of the publication, which is probably a little right. So if it's going to be neutral to positive, why do you need to contribute? Why waste your time? Right. You could give it to a junior person and they can handle it and everybody wins. That's cool, right? But if you're short staff, but he, he tells this story, right? This is a story that, that's great. Most communication professionals have awesome stories about reporters in this bucket or on this left-hand side of the con. In 2012, at the hospital with my wife, several hours into labor with twins, a Huffington Post freelancer cursed at me in email because I had not yet replied to his urgent note or from earlier that morning. And I think his, Aaron's final sentence in that paragraph was, fuck that guy, <laughs> right? Low importance, high difficulty. I got some shit going on right now. And the shit may not be having twins, right? With the baby in labor, but the shit could be an executive, a boss, a client, um, or a better story, right? For you that is not necessarily... That, that you can push this lower value uh, opportunity to the side. 
I think I, you've been I, in that boat before. Oh yeah. I, look, I, I keep coming back to this being like a human thing, like a personal thing like that, that HuffPo reporter, they were probably, and I, again, I'd try to give everybody the benefit of that probably on deadline, maybe had a shitty day, spilled coffee on their shirt, you know, whatever. I, I'm more likely to believe that than that person's just an asshole and, and they're insensitive and they haven't even bothered to ask kind of what's going on in my life. But there are those people out there. And I think that they live on the, you know, I'm a big shot at an important pub side of the equation. I think they also live on the, I'm a no name working for a no name pub. And I, I, I think it's just an individual thing. I think it's a human thing. Some people are wired one way some people are wired the other. I do wonder, I'm going to throw this at you. So you and I are old enough and, and you've done this probably way more than I have, but like when I started out in this business, you know, there were a lot more face-to-face interactions. There were a lot more uh, phone interactions. Dude, there were rooftop parties at the industry standard right. where right. you could meet everybody, right. <laughs> journalists right. and others. Yeah, exactly. Now today- it was a good time. <laughs> totally, right? I mean, they were, they were good times. They were, um, you, you could get to know someone a little bit. You could, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's much harder to be rude to someone that you know or that you're going to see or, you know, that you've got some personal connection to. It's much easier to do this when you can hide behind your computer. And this is the problem with the internet, you know, and social media in general, but it, it applies to PR. So the, the issue, right, is that I can email you, I can be rude to you over email and there's not a damn thing you can do about it because I could be anywhere, I could be anyone and we'll never meet and I'll never have to, to answer for it. I'll never have to face you and, uh, and, and, and act that way. And that's a big deal. And that's, uh, that's not a good thing uh, in, in most cases, but it's, uh, it's the reality. Yeah. Uh, before we move on here, let me just, there's another part of uh, Aaron's post and chart that we didn't touch on, which is basically high importance, high difficulty. And, and for, I, I encourage anybody that's listening to it to go read it. Um, it's on Medium. And uh, it's the national audience mountain is what he's calling it. Basically, 60 Minutes, magazine feature, uh, Oprah, whatever is going to come your way, right? And and the reason why, you know why they're important because um, uh, of their reach, difficulty is you have to answer to it, right? You're not going to decline an opportunity there whether somebody to not respond um, I, I had that case locally here around COVID um, a contact I know was on the local news uh, because she seemingly got the COVID shot out of turn. There were mm-hmm. plenty of other people to do that. And um, she got the call from ABC's news investigative reporter. Mm. And I was like, fuck, you don't want him calling you <laughs> about a COVID shot. There was a lot of details understanding it. And and in the end, she was not in any way out of line. It was basically a shot that was going to go to waste. And she was there um, and there was nobody else to take it. Right. And, 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 but the reporter has a story to tell. I was like, you know, you're a politician. You are um, the COVID thing is uh, uh, very topical right now. Yeah they're going to paint you in the worst light. 
Which yeah. is exactly what they did. So, it's <laughs> and, not going to be pretty. Yeah. But I'll tell you, so I don't, you know, my counsel to folks on stuff like this is always to be honest and to be as upfront and transparent as you possibly can. I think, um, you know, the minute you try to spin it or get defensive or blame someone else, God forbid, you're fucked. You're fucked. I mean, if this woman, you know, legitimately was like, look, this thing was going to waste. I don't know. I was at the hospital already for some reason or, you know, and, and honestly, the, I'll tell you, if you did screw up, the best thing to do is to fall on the sword. America is a forgiving fucking place, man. If you go, look, you know what? I made a bad decision today. I'm going to own it. I'm going to take responsibility for it. And, uh, you know, and I'm going to learn from my mistake. That's way better than the alternative. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and that was the advice I gave her. Right. And it was just you, you, you know, stand your ground and tell the truth. The problem is, is that, you know, there's so much complexity to this COVID thing, right? Sure. There's rules for it. There's, um, there's not enough of it. There's people freaking out about it. Um, there's, you know, the inability to waste for it. So it, it was a very complex piece. And, uh, but it came out later on, you know, the Chronicle ended up picking it up and the stories became more fair. Even the hometown newspaper made it more fair and, and, and all protocols were, were, were published. But when you got an investigative reporter checking in, uh, trying to file a story within 24 hours, yeah. Um, and, and his job is to be to fight for the man on the street. Yeah, that's, and you that's, knew you weren't going to win. And, and it wasn't cool. Yeah. Know? But, so. you know, and I think I would say too, Dave, just to, you know, the, the vast majority of stories that I've worked on and media that I've worked with over the years, the vast majority are not out to write something negative. I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with clients where I have to talk them off the ledge. Hey, don't worry about it. This isn't the end of the world. You're going to get on the phone. You're going to talk about your product. You can talk about your market. You know, more often than not, this is not going to be a negative story. It's not going to make or break your company. You know, don't sweat it. Just, you know, tell your story, be clear, be honest. And, uh, and, and more often than not, you know, the, the reporters, I mean, depending on the pub, but most of the time the reporters don't get paid to, to sensationalize and, and turn a, you know, a neutral story into one that's negative. I know it helps with clicks and some pubs do it, but that's really not the majority of cases. Yeah. All right. I think we covered this yeah. topic pretty good and great discussion there. Uh, like let's, let's move on to, um, move on to some of the big boys in the business that we do. Right. So yeah. Edelman, uh, Edelman, Probably, I don't know. Are they the world's largest right now? I know that they I are. Saw something like that. Yeah, they're big. Yeah. You know, they're big shots. Uh, so, who are the big ones? So it's Edelman, Fleischman. Well, that's an Omnicom company now, right? Aren't yeah, they? they're an Omnicom, but the, the the agencies themselves they still break it out. Fleischman, yeah. I don't know. Are still around? Burson Marstiller is around, and Ketchum's the other one. Ketchum, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're yeah. up there in the big five. Let's call them that. Right. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. There's, I mean, you know, so I, this story caught my attention because, well, first of all, I've seen Edelman in the news a bit. So this well, particular- Kevin, before you go much further, the, yeah, yeah. the headline we're looking at is Edelman reports a 5.7% revenue decline in 2020. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it caught my eye for a couple of reasons. One, I've seen Edelman's name in the news a bit lately. And, uh, and, and then I saw this headline and, you know, it was, uh, you know, this very professional looking white guy waving his arms. Uh, that's the picture they're showing, basically saying, trying to explain, you know, why I, I the, believe, I, I believe that is Richard Edelman. Yo, is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He looks, he looks like he's at a trade show and he got lost. He's looking for directions to the restroom. He's kind of waving his arms around. He's like, can somebody help me? I got pissed. But I, I mean, the restroom, the restroom at the World Economic Forum. <laughs> oh, you gotta go. But but the thing is, like, I I, I see these stories and um, and they lost some money and uh, and that's a bummer and and sadly, like the, the real downside of it is a lot of you know some people lost their jobs. I think scrolled through this article and they had to lay off several hundred people and and that's a shitty thing. And but but what strikes me about this and I and I. The reason I wanted to mention it or bring it up or, or talk about it today is because I continue to believe that unless you are, you know, some of the world's biggest companies, and, and clearly Edelman serves many of the world's biggest companies and governments and whatnot, but I continue to believe that you really don't need, that the Edelmans of the world are mostly unnecessary for the, you know, for, for the vast majority of people that need communication services. And so when I see that they lost money, I actually think, well, I wonder if that money is just being spent elsewhere on you know, different communication services or different types of communications people. Uh, so I, I guess I, I look at that and I go, yeah, yeah, this guy's waving his arms around. He's trying to explain how they lost, you know, whatever they lost. But I, I think it actually is more a reflection of um, maybe uh, you know, how companies that otherwise would, that are using, that otherwise use Edelman have diverted those resources elsewhere. In other words, I don't think they're not doing communication just because they're not spending money with Edelman. They probably just found a smarter way to spend it. What's your take? Uh, well, I happened to be at a client on a consulting gig when the pandemic hit. Okay. And basically what happened is it, you know, marketing spend just stopped. Hmm. Um, and it was, for the fear of unknown. Um, and so come March, April of last year, uh, well, first of all, pre, pre-pandemic, uh, January, I was all gung-ho. I was on site at CES, which was the first time I had ever been there, by the way, in my career. Yeah. And I, I, I was holding that as, as, as an achievement to have never been to CES, but... I broke it after 20 years or so. But anyways, it was all gung-ho. We had uh, trade shows to plan. We had things, events to open up at offices around the world. And come that, I think it was March 12th or whatever it is, boom, stop. And then everybody in communications, if you were a PR person or whether you were internal comms or uh, definitely in corporate communications, turned to how you were going to communicate regarding COVID-19. Um, and a lot of work went into that. And I think they also pulled away budgets, right? So all the trade show budgets went away, right? So all the budgets for doing a press conference at an event sure, or doing, um, you know, uh, any PR activities you, you planned just gone and went away. And I think that led to the decline overall 
And I talked to a number of agencies. A lot of times what I do is, you know, uh, I, I have clients on my own. We have people here at Oro Group that help out. Uh, clients across the board, traditional agency relationships, but I will take on consulting gigs and white label myself and work with agencies or other clients. And, um, you know, what, what happened was it just paused for about three to five months. Mm. And as I've talking to people this year, and particularly at the end of the year, they say they said it was looking better. Budgets are a little bit smaller than before. Uh, but also at the same time, they're staffing up pretty quickly to take on some of this new work because we're now in this sort of new normal. And because we have a vaccine, we think things are going to get better. So I think business confidence is coming back uh, a little bit more, um, but we'll see, you know, it's not, it's not uh, dot com days for sure, but you know, we're not in the depths. We're not in the pit of despair where we used to eat lunch and say, oh, I love that place, man. That was disgusting in there, but, but, but some killer Chinese soup. But here's the thing. Um, first of all, in, in general, I think as proven by the largest companies in our space, tech has done incredibly well. I think that Amazon, and I'll forget the number, but you know, like a hundred billion dollars in profit in the last quarter, or some crazy number, right? So uh, oh, that number was ridiculous. I, it was so big, I didn't even want to look at it. Totally right. Microsoft, <laughs> same thing. Like tech has been cleaning up. So um, it's funny. I when when shit went down in March, um, I had you know, I was nervous. I talked to a bunch of clients. Are you guys going to scale back? We don't know. Uh, are you laying people off? We don't know. Are you, you know, um, uh, halting marketing activities? I don't know. Obviously not, not doing stuff in person. Most of my clients, just about all of them continued to spend with me and on PR uh, and on content and communications in general. And I think that um, that decision has proven to be a smart one for the most part, because- yeah. Uh, because tech has done so well, uh, tech is enabling a new, you know, approach to work. Um, companies need technology. People need technology more than ever because they're not in the office and they're not physically connected. Uh, so actually, I, I think the decision that those companies made. Now, I have another client, and this is really, I, I think, kind of hammers home the point. I have another client that said, we're scared. We don't know what the future holds. This is back in April, I think. And they pulled back significantly. They laid a bunch of people off. They cut staff, not just in marketing, but in, in support, in product, um, in a bunch of different areas. And I'll tell you what, they're hurting today. Um, I don't know that they're going to make it. I think there's a real question because they are, they have been, and they are understaffed. It's um, they have not rebounded or, produced as well. And uh, I think it's because they went into this mode of shit, we're, we're not going to spend or we shouldn't spend. And that kind of seemed that conservative approach seems smart or may have seemed smart at the time, but they missed the market. They, uh, they, they missed it. And so I, I you know, I, again, back to just bringing a full circle on the uh, Edelman stuff. I do wonder if, you know, companies said, well, geez, we're not going to spend with Edelman but maybe there's some other ways for us to, uh, you know, to use the uh, this marketing budget, this communications budget, you know, and maybe it's, you know, maybe it's with some independent guys like, uh, you know, Oro Group and TGPR, or maybe it's, 
uh, on some internal content initiatives, or maybe it's on our blog, or I just, I don't know. I feel like a firm like Edelman takes it in the shorts uh, in, be, because the service that they're offering is maybe in, um, not, it's, it's, it, at times it's probably not very well aligned with, um, with the economy. And I, I wonder if like their inability to pivot themselves and offer a different array of services, um, maybe through a different model, even as opposed to this, you know, the sick retainer model that I'm sure they employ all over the place. Uh, I would bet that um, they, my guess is that Edelman probably didn't do a very good job of adjusting its approach in light of the market. And, and maybe that cost them some of this, uh, this revenue. It'd be interesting to see what others had. I, I do know people pulled back and maybe they will, will come back. I, I, I still think particularly the big corporates are, you know, they, 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 they invest in communications. It's a, it's a laborious industry. People don't understand exactly what we do, but if you are a large company, there's, <laughs> you, you need to protect that reputation. Sure. Um, and, you know, if you have an in-house team, you could do it, but you have a big in-house team if you want to do it. I've worked with small ones and you really need some agency work to do that. Or you need um, some, some studious professionals, some, you know, some folks who really, I, I continue to, you know, beat this drum, Dave. And, and I've, I've been saying this for 20 plus years, but I, I really think, you know, a couple of good people are better than a team of people who don't really know what they're doing. Um, and, and you, you know, it's like uh, how many times when we were on the agency side, did, you know, the senior vice president of our firm go in there and pitch and sell the business. And then you and I ended up doing all the work, right? I mean, that's just how these agencies roll. Um, and, you know, the, the work gets kicked down because that's where the profit margin is, right? They could bill us out at whatever. They're billing us out at 150 bucks an hour and they're paying us 25, uh, you know? And, and I think if you, instead, if you're a, I don't care the size of the firm, if you're a big company, and you get a few, you know, it depends on the size, obviously, but if you get, you know, a few people who really understand your space, what you're trying to accomplish and how to do it, that's way better than throwing a retainer model, you know, tens of thousands of dollars at some big company that's just going to kick that business down to the most junior person they can, you know, they can scrape profit off. Hey, kick it down to me and you, Kevin. That's what Amen. I say. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> the masses. The masses and kicking the asses. That's what I mean. Yeah. All right, um, Kevin, we're, we're about our promised time to keep this thing around 30 minutes or so. So um, we had one more game. Do we want to do that or we just want to close out for the week and pick up the let's other just, thing? Let's do it real quick. Let's do it real quick. We'll try a gimmick here. We'll try a gimmick here. We're going to call this gimmick Rep, Fire, Refer. Rep, rep fire. fire, and Refer. Inspired yeah. by, let people <laughs> by know. This, uh, the, the, the game, the uh, party game, uh, Mary, Kill, uh very fuck kill yeah exactly exactly uh so i'm gonna throw at you three names or three companies it might be a combination and you have to tell me which one you would want to rep as in represent as their communications person fire as in i don't want to work with you as your comms person anymore i'm firing you or refer as in I don't really want anything to do with you as your peer, as a PR person, but you know, I got Kevin's number over here. I'll send him over to you. I'll send you over to him. 
All right. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I'm going to choose to either represent them, fire their asses, or refer them to some schmo that I kind of respect, like Kevin Wolf. Exactly. Just a little. All right. So here you go. Here's your three. All right. The first one is GameStop, which has been in the news, as most people know, over the last couple of weeks with, uh, you know, Reddit trolls driving up their, their price and, you know, pummeling hedge fund managers, right? So they got GameStop, you got Robinhood, which is the, uh, the trading system that, you know, was, was hosting a lot of these transactions. And they've, you know, they, they've since had to raise a ton of money just to stay afloat. And then, uh, and, and by the way, kind of like talking out both sides of their head, right? Because on the one hand, they're Robinhood, they're all about taking care of the little guys when on the other hand, you know, uh, you know, they're sucking up to the, uh, the wall street investors and, uh, and hedge fund, hedge fund guys. Yeah. And taking billions of dollars at it. Yep. yep. Exactly. And then the third one is Elon Musk who, uh, who chimed into this, uh, uh, you know, got himself involved in this whole thing. And, and, uh, um, you know, he's another guy who kind of is got a, you know, (laughs) he's, he's living in both worlds uh, and, and kind of kicked himself off Twitter for a while. Cause he was, uh, he, he was getting in hot water. Uh, all so, right, so I, I, I get, I got a rep fire and refer, and I got to choose between those three and only give them one of those. That's right. I got, I got three, uh, topical things, GameStop, Robinhood, Elon Musk, and I only get to assign one thing, rep fire refer. Correct? Each one. Yep. You got to use all, th- you got to use all three of those things, rep fire refer you got to assign one to each of the, the three. Just one. So ga- GameStop, um, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna fire, right? They're, they're only in the news because they're getting taken care of by, you know, uh, the hoi polloi, right? And, yeah. you know, they're fighting Wall Street. There's just, there's just no thing there. Although I'd, I hate to see them go, but they're probably in the can because retail's in the can and whatever. Right, right. Right. Okay. Okay. And Robin Hood, do I still get three choices of what to do with them? No, you only got two left. You either, what you, did I just say? You just fired GameStop. You fired GameStop. So you either got to rep Robin Hood or refer Robin Hood, and then the other one goes to Elon Musk. Oh, shit. All right. Yeah. Hold on. Let me That's think why that. it's a hard game, man. <laughs> let me, That's let why me it's think hard. That. Let me think through that. So, rep, fire, refer. All right. Um, I'm definitely going to. Oh, all right, damn it. I'm going to mix this all around. Good. I'm going to refer Elon Musk because you're not doing PR for Elon Musk because Elon Musk is doing PR for Elon Musk. Good point. Right? You know, he, point. he don't need us, right? Hmm. But, if, you know. Um, I'd like to go to, like, hang out with him, though. Like, maybe, like, we could hit up some parties. He's got probably a like, private jet out to Vegas or something. That might be fun. You know what, dude? Uh, we could probably do a half hour on Elon Musk. He's about the same age as us. Yeah. Uh, except – he is built he's making cars and shooting spaceships shit that we should have been doing when we were kids or dreaming about when we were kids so yeah fuck that guy (laughs) but all all power to him like that just is amazing what he's being able to pull off but i'm gonna refer him robin hood i'm gonna fire him just totally fire him um, I know, I know the PR agencies that do do it, handling them right now, and totally respect that agency. I used to have them when I was running in-house comms, um, but I, I don't like the way uh, they're Sleazy, playing. Right? Bo- Sleazy. I don't like the way they're playing bo- both sides. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but they have a great PR firm that will pro and they're already kind of turning their story around already. Yeah. So they're, 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 I think they'll be fine. Although I, I still don't like the whole model. So you're, so you're repping GameStop as well. No, I got to, I'm, I'm going to rep GameStop. I'm with you, man. Let's <laughs> support the little guy, man. Especially, yeah. I mean, Let's these guys are, you know, they're still in the business of selling like physical video games. Like God bless them, man. Like, you know, the whole world's passed them by and they're hanging on and, you know, they need some help, man. Let's rep them. Yeah, let's rep them. Yeah, help the little guy. All right. Well, we got, let's just make this a weekly. We'll do one rep fire refer every week cool. and it's a fun little game. Um, and, you know, there's there's plenty to do on that one. So No doubt. No doubt. Good stuff, man. All right, man. Uh, I think we will be back next Thursday and uh, let's, let's keep this going. I, I had a good conversation and uh, we, we got some goodbye music. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. So Kevin, thanks for joining me and uh, always thanks for anybody. Time. Thanks for everybody who's listening. Listen okay. and share it. Listen yeah. Type game, the type of girl giving out the fake cell phone the name. Big fame, big she fame. like cats and big things. Jewel ship, money clip, phone flip the six range. Has seen her on the ass, spotted her more than once. Ass so fat that you can see her from the front. She spot me like paparazzi, shot me at glance and that cat. Woman.